going on, guys? Welcome to episode 37 of NBA Unwrapped. This is Perry Aston, joined by Christian McGowan. What's going on, my man? Hey, how y'all doing today? A great day to talk about the NBA. It's been such a crazy season. We got a ton to talk about. Let's start with just reviewing the current standings and seeing how all of the teams are playing out right now. Of course, the top of the East, the Raptors at 10-1, and and the top of the West, we have the Warriors at 10-1. and one. Give me your initial reaction about the top two teams. I'm so not surprised. Uh, if you had said, gun your head, who's this going to be? I would full confidence say these two teams leading their conferences going into this year. I'm just not shocked. I'm just glad that Toronto is playing the way they're playing because at least we'll... Like we always say, the de facto championship is a Western Conference Finals. I at least want to see an East team make it somewhat interesting. Yeah, the fact that they added Kawhi Leonard and this is the result so far, it's really awesome to see. And with that Kawhi Leonard trade, it seems like one of the very rare moves that benefited both sides. Because DeMar DeRozan's having an insane year over there in San Antonio. Both these players are benefiting. It's insane. So let's go through the rest of the standings. For the East, one, Raptors at 10-1. and one. At the two seed, Bucks at eight and two. At the three seed, Pacers at seven and four. Four seed, Celtics six and four. Five seed, 76ers six and five. Hornets at the six seed, six and five. Nets at the seven seed, five and six. And Heat at the eight seed, four and five. Pistons as well at four and five. There on the outskirts. For the West, number one, Warriors ten and one. At the two seed, the Nuggets at nine and one. The three seed, Trailblazers at eight and three. The four seed Spurs at six and three. The five seed Clippers at six and four. The six seed Kings at six and four. The seven seed Thunder at five and four. And the Grizzlies at five and four. A lot of surprises because if you look on the outside of the West there, nine seed you have the Rockets, ten seed Jazz, eleven seed Lakers, twelve seed Pelicans. Does that not seem like four of the top five teams that every single person in the NBA atmosphere in general, all predicted. Right, it's just crazy to see them having this slow start. I know they say the first 20 games in basketball, they're all trying to figure out the team and trying to figure out the new guys, but there's some teams even in the East that I didn't think the Celtics would be as low as they are, and I didn't think the Nuggets would be the number two team in the West. I didn't think the Wizards would be 2-8 and eight, and that the 14 seed for the East. That's an Eastern Conference that's extremely weak, and this is a Wizards team that, regardless of two stars. their imperfections, they have a lot of talent on that team. That they're this bad is very surprising, especially adding Dwight Howard, too. It just shows that clearly there's a coaching change needed or much more needed in Washington. But a team that I want to bring up to you is the Denver Nuggets, because they're 9-1, and one, and this is a team that is surprising a lot of people at 9-1 and one in the Western Conference. You have a lot of young guys on this roster, but then you also have Millsap and Jokic, who's teetering towards becoming a veteran now, but the two of them down low are just such a powerful duo. And of course, those young guns on the outside, led by Jamal Murray, who just put up 48 the other day, almost 50, when he threw up that last-second shot at the buzzer and missed it and Kyrie didn't take it very well, took the ball and threw it to another planet. The Nuggets are a very fun team to watch right now. The Spurs, no matter what, with their injuries, they're still battling. I think that's just a testament to Popovich. And, of course, the Lakers. Let's talk them really quick since we're here in L.A. They're a little bit of... And I know when I said the 9-seed Rockets, 10, Jazz, 11, Lakers, 12, Pelicans. They're 4-5 and and the Pelicans and Lakers are 4-6 and and the Jazz. It's not freak out. Four and six, four and five. It's not the end of the world. This is, again, nine, ten games deep. It's a little early to make these massive 
freakouts, but still, under 500 and not playing exactly how everyone expected. What are your thoughts? In terms of the West, there's a lot of teams in the bottom there that aren't going to be in the bottom there. I think the Timberwolves, once they get rid of Jimmy Butler and kind of figure out their chemistry, they're going to rise. But the Lakers... I don't think they're going to need to make massive moves to the deadline. I think that people are making a bigger deal than they need to be. I think you and I talked before this, the whole Aaron Rodgers relax, you know, thing can be applied to the Lakers right now because they're trying to figure each other out. They had a whole new star come in and they're changing the way that they're playing. I heard, I think it was Stephen A. Smith say that it should trade Brandon Ingram right now. Relax, Stephen A. Smith. We need to calm down. Once they figure it out, we know they're talented. When they can learn how to play together, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. So This is LeBron James. You have to give him time because every new place that he's got to, they haven't succeeded right off the bat. At least remember with the Heat when he teamed up there, everyone freaked out at first. Oh, it's not going to work now. Like You see it's got these flaws, and it just needed some time to gel together. So I think it's going to be the same thing with the Lakers. And with the young talent that they have there, there isn't a lot of people that are in their prime right now. Not that LeBron isn't, but a lot of the older guys, the veterans, they're ending towards the end of their prime, if not the twilight zone of their career. You know, JaVale's having a great year, and Rondo, but they're all ending their prime. And then you have all the young guns that are just entering their prime. So you don't have a lot of people on the Lakers that are right in the beef of their prime. They're rather right on the beginning stages of it or right on the end Old dog or new dog. Yeah, so I would like to see them bring in other pieces eventually to integrate into the offense or I would say more importantly the defense. But they did just bring in Tyson Chandler. So I want to bring that up right now on what that's going to do for the team, especially on the defensive end and just being a presence down low. What do you think about Tyson Chandler joining? Because he's going to be the backup to JaVale. They just found another way to add talent to the Lakers. What you said about adding someone that's not in the twilight of their career, someone who's in the young pup of their career, the only way I would be happy giving up Brandon Ingram is if we got Anthony Davis. Someone like that would fit right in the age range you're talking about, would be a perfect or superstar. Jimmy Butler or something like that. Yeah, obviously, yes, I would love to that's have Jimmy Butler. That's because he would help so much on the defensive side of the ball, and that's a problem for the Lakers. The offense is there. It's just, do you have someone that can shut down the best player on that team? Do you have someone that can make a difference, knock off 10 points a game from your average, from what you're giving up right now? I think a guy like Jimmy Butler can do that, and AD, of course, is a dominant force. I, you like that rhyme right there, but... <laughs> I think Jimmy Butler is a different kind of defender. No, I agree. And no matter what, whatever next play they need to make, like you said, needs to be someone who plays defense and has to be someone who can shoot the basketball. Because outside of Brandon Ingram-ish, there's no real sharpshooter on their team. Yeah, I mean, Kuzma's got his days and Hart has his days. and a lot Has of these his guys days have isn't a sharpshooter. Yeah, we need to find a guy next to LeBron James that complements his game. But Rondo, Lonzo, a lot of these guys, they are playing... Well, it's just got to find the gel there. You got to figure it out. Also, too, I don't know if you agree with me that Lonzo will be the starter at point guard at some point in this season. When Rondo was out, he was doing really, really well as a starting point guard. Like, people are judging them so early. Once all the starters, Josh Hart becoming a full-time starter, become the full-time starters, then I think that's when we can start to judge how the Lakers are actually doing. Right now, they're trying to figure out the minutes, and trying to figure, figure out the rotations. rotations. Like, exactly. like you said with Luke Walton, I wouldn't say he's on the hot seat like everybody says because no, Magic are, continues to release statements that we're not firing him, he's fine. It's very Jason Garrett with the Cowboys where every single week, mm-hmm. no matter how bad it gets, it's... That's our guy. We're good. We'll see how long he sticks around for, but if not, there's a few 
names, at least in my head, that I think would be a good match. Ty Lue. Yeah, I mean, he thinks Ty Lue. I'd kill myself if Ty Lue came over. <laughs> if he's an but, assistant. Yeah, Mark Jackson, a guy that previously was a Warriors coach. I think he'd be a really good fit. I believe he's represented by Clutch Sports as well. Jason Kidd would be a cool name to throw around. Just some names to think about, but for Luke Walton, for the meantime, he's young, and this team is young with the exception of, obviously, the veterans, but he needs to get the young guns up to par and get the defense going, and I think that the Lakers are going to be just fine. We're going to move on to some of the 50-point games that happen. D. Rose. Wow. Wow. That was such an emotional moment. He's getting interviewed after the game, and they're asking him, how'd you get there? How'd you return back from all these injuries, adversity? And he's just crying, saying, I just, I worked hard, bro. Like, I worked hard. And from a former athlete, I didn't obviously go as far as Christian here. And if you ever played sports, and even if you're just a sports fan and watch it, it's breathtaking to see what that night held and to see the kind of role that he had. He's like, I've never talked to my teammates this much. You can see how much humble pie that man has eaten and to see him drop 50 out of, of course, there's multiple other people that dropped 50 this year. It's a crazy league nowadays. To see D Rose do that it warms your heart. It, anyone who, like you said, back to anyone who's a sports fan, if you've followed sports and you know exactly the places he's been, the things he's gone through when he was at the Cavs, how he almost quit basketball, left the team. Yeah. For him to go through that whole journey to be where he's at now, like I, I personally I cried. Like it was so powerful to see someone overcome what he's overcome all the negative things i've seen on twitter the jokes the memes for him to like lead a team wanting to be a six man and then going beyond that and dropping 50 yeah i mean he's he's gonna that espn 30 for 30 is gonna be just just amazing inspiration to just keep you know keep working keep doing what you're doing in nine days there were four 50 point games curry blake griffin clay thompson and derrick rose the last time that that happened was 2007 when Kobe Bryant had four 50-point games in eight days. Four different players dropped 50 in nine games. Kobe Bryant dropped 50 four times in an eight-game span. That's Kobe's the, the goat. goat. Yeah, that's insane to see that that was the last time it happened, of course. Let's move on to our next topic. Jalen Brown from the Celtics in an interview released a... Statement saying that he'll have five to six rings by the age of 28. What do you think about this? That's very ambitious, but unless you know something about Warriors that I don't know, that like Kevin Durant's <laughs> going to leave like tomorrow, then that's not going to be a case. Last time I checked when Perry went over the rankings, you're fifth in the East. So uh, unless you can stop Kawhi Leonard, then I would pump the brakes on even thinking he can come to the Warriors. Yeah, let's that's, relax. That's, five to six rings, like, that's a... Very ambitious answer. Bold as black coffee. I would say more like two rings by the time you're 28 is still an amazing accomplishment and still a realistic goal. Because, yes, one ring by the time you're 28, I will put my money down on it right now that you guys will ring. You know, you'll win a ring by the time you're 28. Absolutely. Two, that's interesting. I think that's a possibility. Once you start creeping up towards three, four, five, six... Relax, Jalen Brown. That's unless putting, you can start shooting like the Warriors. Putting a lot of pressure on your team too. Right. There's no reason to have to think that far ahead. Let's start by, like you said, Christian, one. taking the Warriors down once, and then we'll see if we can talk about right. or even take down that. the Raptors this year. <laughs> oh yeah, the Raptors are looking great. The 76ers eventually down the stretch. 
You saw how they were playing at the end of last year. There's a lot of competition in the East, although it's weaker than the West. It's good to see the East yeah. still up to par this year. The Cle- city of Cleveland is chosen for the 2022 NBA All-Star Game. Good for you. I mean, Cleveland's got... They're going to need the money. They're going to need it. <laughs> uh, here's the lineups for 2019 Charlotte, 2020 Chicago, 2021 Indianapolis, and then 2022 Cleveland. So not the most appetizing place for an All-Star Maybe Game. Maybe LeBron's return part three. I think 2020 in Chicago would be really cool. That's something that I might it's even cool think city. about going to. I know we've always said we wanted to do a That might be something Chicago. cool. Yeah, so speaking of Cleveland, let's just mention Ty Lue. We haven't had a podcast since he did get fired, so let's talk about that really quick. The scapegoat. I mean, the coaches are the scapegoats in all sports. You have to look for the guy to blame, and that's it. The team is young. They're not very good. Ty Lue gets fired. I hate Ty Lue as a coach. I yeah, me too. I mean, and when David Black got fired, he was just the figurehead they put in there for like the shadow president to let LeBron run the team while you still had a head coach. Because there's always the jokes that, oh, LeBron's a real head coach. And to some extent, it looks like that's true. There's reports that I've Colin, always said that. Colin Sexton, anonymous sources from the team, said that Colin Sexton doesn't even know what he's doing out there. If he knows how to play basketball altogether, and that falls to the head coach. If one of your players, especially the dude you selected top 10, doesn't know what he's doing out there, I understand, yeah, he is a scapegoat, but if reports are coming out about that, your star young guy, that has to fall to someone. And this is another story that we need to talk about. I put this on the veterans. As a veteran in the NBA, yeah, there's not a ton on the Cavaliers, but a guy like Channing Frye, for example, who just got re-signed, is in LeBron's old locker now. How do you not take a guy like this under your wing and show him how to be a professional, show him how to be an NBA player, show him how to get through some of this adversity? And yeah, you're not going to be able to baby him through it all and you know, hold his hand, but at the same time, you should be able to rally the team, rally the veterans around. There should be no sources saying that your starting point guard doesn't even know how to play basketball yeah, possibly. Insane. Work on that in-house. Why don't you teach him, I don't know, how to play basketball considering you just invested such a heavy pick on him. And yeah, he's got talent. All of us analysts, all the scouts, not like we all missed something. This guy can play basketball. You're being ridiculous. Is he an NBA point guard that has all the intangibles and everything right now? Mm -hmm. That may be a conversation, but can Colin Sexton play basketball is one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. And And I did see that quote too, so it's not just from you. I saw it, maybe might not even know how to play basketball, whatever it was worded. And I think that's so stupid. And I blame a lot of the players here and just the fact that this is obviously not... It's a bad culture. It's not a team, yeah, not a good culture. And Mm -hmm. what do you do to change the culture? You start with... The top trickle down. Yep. You fire the it, coach. It's honestly about time that they got a new coach, and it seems right that what's going on right now is not working. It, it seems about time to clean house. And they talked about Channing Fry taking LeBron's old locker. We might have some breaking locker news because they renovated the Cavs locker room a couple weeks ago, and LeBron's old locker is now a towel closet. Yeah. For those of you who were still thinking that Channing Fry is in LeBron's locker, they have done away with it altogether, burned his image, taken down the posters, and now putting towels in his old locker. So there's nothing left except a banner. Speaking of uh, Cleveland and the banners, LaMelo Ball going to Spire Academy in Ohio to finish his senior year of high school. It's a competitive basketball academy, so he's (laughs) going there. And now there's going to be the 
witness Lamelo posters all around Cleveland. Am I not right? Do they have a new savior now? There's someone in the basketball world that's drawing attention, yeah. And if LeVar Ball's there, then uh, <laughs> then there's definitely going to be some reporters in Cleveland. That high school that he's going to actually has a seven foot eight center. Yeah, I saw him shoot saw a basketball. It looked like it too. hurt. Moving on to the next topic. Butler and the Wolves. What do you think about Jimmy Butler? He's still there, and obviously we talked about this last podcast. Carl Anthony Towns has been affected by it. Not in a major way, but his numbers aren't the same. His charisma is not the same. But Jimmy Butler is cold-hearted, cold-blooded. If you haven't seen some of his last-second shots, check out our Twitter page. We have all them on there. He's a good player, and they're an all-right team, but with Cat playing how he's playing, they'll never be what they need to be having three stars. And I think that he'll be gone sooner rather than later. Every time that there's a trade rumor, they end up sitting Butler for that game. I think that eventually he'll be gone and that culture will change and he'll be on his way. But it's just weird to see how one man can have another effect like that. Just being in the vicinity, I know they're not it's having... Demoralizing. A, yeah, it's it's weird. It's sad. It's, it's just an all-around weird cloud they have over the Timberwolves right now. Yeah, and it seems like something directed at Carl Anthony Towns. Right. And it's something that's only affecting him, at least visibly to me. Let's talk some rookie stats and who's doing the best so far. Luka Doncic, 19.4 points per game, 6.6 rebounds, 4.6 assists, 18.5 points for Trey Young, 2.9 rebounds, 7 assists. DeAndre Ayton, 16.9 points, 11 rebounds, 3.1 assists. Marvin Bagley, 13 points, 6.9 rebounds, 1.1 assists. Colin Sexton, who doesn't know how to play basketball apparently, 12 (laughs) points, 2.6, and 2.3. Jaron Jackson, 11.4 points, 4.6 rebounds, and 1.3 assists. Wendell Carter, who's actually having a great year, 10.8 points, 6.4 rebounds, 3 assists, and he's very good on the defensive end. Definitely playing a lot better as of late. Is there any of these names that stand out to you? that you really enjoy watching or that have had a year that surprised you so far? I love watching someone who shared the same number as me, Luka Doncic, seven, the killer seven sevens. to look at. I feel like teams are kind of scared to take those Euro guys, and he's balling. He's doing his thing. I really, really, really want to get a 77 jersey just to piss you off. Mary, it just, look, it just looks like the Mavericks made such a smart move here with the Hawks, with that trade that they made to land Luka Doncic. It just looks like they made the right move. But then I look at it from the Hawks' point of view, and Trey Young's having a fantastic year also. The numbers are right there with Luka Doncic. The two of them, I would say, are the most impressive rookies to me so far besides DeAndre Ayton because of his consistency. Averaging a double-double, DeAndre Ayton looks like he was the right choice for the number one pick for the Suns. The two guards there, they are exciting to watch, and they're playing a lot better than people expected right off the bat. I think especially Trey Young, because Trey Young, people thought he was going to be a bust. People thought it was just a shot, too small of a body. But you can see what Steph Curry's been able to do, and it's tough a tough comparison for the two of them. But it's a very similar game because he's modeled his game after Steph Curry. He's made success off taking these crazy shots and being an exciting playmaker because you can see the kind of passes he's making, the vision. It excites me to see Trey Young. I've been pleasantly surprised by how well he's done. I didn't think his shot was going to be falling how it is. Yeah, I I knew that his shot would translate. It was just Mm -hmm. the rest of his game. And to see that he's still able to be a playmaker and a floor general and find a way to be a leader already for this Hawks team, even though they're not in a great position right now to win. They are 
putting the right pieces in the right places, and I think it starts with Trey Young. Wendell Carter is my favorite rookie so far because of what he's able to do on the defensive end. Jabari Parker and him down low, it's such a cool fire and ice thing because Jabari Parker doesn't play defense for anything, for anyone at any second. He even, I believe, released a statement that defense doesn't get you the contracts. And that's that's true. Wendell Carter is a guy I love watching. That's all we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening to episode 37 of NBA Unwrapped. This is Perry Aston, joined by Christian McGowan. You can follow us on Twitter at Perry Aston, at McGowan75. You can follow us at NBA Unwrapped. Listen to us on the SoundCloud app or the Apple Podcast app. We'll catch you guys next time. Have a great day.